Previously on Planet Arcana, Crater Wayne, a Steam Android, Riot, a modded human, and Celestine Wanderoff, a Gears Android, all found themselves navigating an evening of sin, debauchery, and vices as they prepared for their heist of the Riscote Casino in Troponeo Vega. To wait for their cue, they landed at a blackjack table and caught the attention of Uncle Edict, an old specter preacher, and Yeehaw McGraw, an analog ne'er-do-well. They waited for their cue, the spinning of the Wheel of Fortune, and while the crowd all fell into a stupor as the wheel unexpectedly landed on the world arcana, our heroes snuck to the back room, dealt with a few guard bots, and found their quarry, a small statue of a dog placed perfectly on a pedestal directly in front of a large 80-story high window. The party grabbed the dog statue, chucked a guard bot out the window for good measure, and then dropped themselves down where their car awaited them. A quick car chase later, some broken promises to the now-dubbed Tollbooth twins, our heroes drove out of Trobo Neo Vega and into a Phantom Isle sunset. As far as heists go, not a hitch. Well, maybe one small hitch. As they drove away, the statue shattered into hundreds of pieces, emitting a bright light that filled their car and sang to them. Sang right to them, it seems. The final notes rang out and bounced around a stunned, silent vehicle. And they drove. I can hear you. I am listening. I can hear the cacophony coming from all across the fifth collide. Oh, how I miss you, my dearest darling. I miss the clockwork, the neon, the networks. Oh, these metropolises, these, these burdened, desolate biomes. Oh, the fun and games we have planned. But always with the promise that we are on a blinding path of success. You will be tried. You will be compromised. I repeat, we've been compromised. But do not despair. You will see the world. You will know planet Arcana. You will find All it takes is a friend. All it takes is perseverance. All it takes is a little sweat. All it takes is a key. Tollbooth twins thwarted and your escape route unimpeded before you, you drive. The final notes of that haunting melody plays from the box that lies in Riot's hands. The sounds of sirens very slowly start to fade as you race away from the city, the crumbled remnants of the puppy statue dusting the floor of the ladybird. Once the siren sound is so distant as to almost not be heard, the relief is palpable, and the cloak of night is a comforting presence as you speed on, privately reflecting on the events of the evening. For a time, your drive is almost peaceful. You roll the windows down, and the air is balmy, smelling at once richly green and sharply salty. All right, y'all have uh, made your escape and are on the road out of uh, Trobo New Vega. <sighs> uh, Riot, was that part of the plan for that little poppy statue to blow up in your hands like that? I don't friggin' know. <laughs> I, 
I I don't really know what we're into here. I wasn't expecting exactly a an explosion in my hands. What do you make of that song? It's definitely foreboding. I I don't know. I've I've never heard that song before. It's it's fresh to me. I I wonder what the connection with that is to uh, all those rich folks that were back in the casino because like this was supposed to be the prize item, right? So mm-hmm. some for some reason the people wanted this specifically but i don't know that's not really my forte is it just me or did it seem like the song was talking to us it sure felt that way what do you think the key means i don't know but that seems like a pretty important question at this at this juncture we were meant to deliver this statue yes Ms. riot that's right i suppose well then i mean it seems like the best place for us to get answers might be from the person we're meant to deliver it to Perhaps they were expecting the box and the song. You're right. You're right. So to Aquacash then? I mean, I suppose, but you'll have to show me the way. I can drive, but I've never been there before, not to my recollection. We'll have a uh, contact meeting us at the water. So if we just head kind of the way we're going, keep going till we hit the water, then we should get there. They'll be looking for us. Well, I suppose I can do that. And uh, Celestine just steps on it even harder. <laughs> From the back seat, I think I'll just like reach up and put a hand on Celestine's shoulder. I'll be like, hey there, kiddo. I just want to say you did a great job back there. You definitely held your own. And uh, I think you definitely have a future in this kind of business. You definitely do. Oh, well, that is uh, that is a very generous thing for you to say there, Crater. I, I, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate your confidence. And I'm certainly glad that I did not disappoint you today. <laughs> Yeah, chip off the old block. <laughs> I don't know how we'd do this without you, frankly. If Celestine could blush, she'd very much be blushing. <laughs> it's just like there's like red LEDs below his like his, <laughs> yes. his, his cheeks. That's right. Yeah. Cheek lights. <laughs> yes. Horrible. Standard issue cheek lights. That's right. <laughs> uh, this this box that's in Riot's hand, is is it is there any markings on it or anything like that? Is it just like a standard box? It is the plainest box you've ever seen. Um, Mm. There is like a small opening for, you know, it's like got a lock on it. So, you know, there's a small opening for a key. But aside from that, it's completely nondescript metal box. Mm. Okay. Riot. So this demands junior fella that we're going to meet right now. Mm -hmm. Do you have any more info on him? Like, have you met this man before? Well, we've done some very brief handing off of goods together but i don't know them super well other than they're quick (laughs) i think what i'm probably getting at here is like this this man's not gonna try to pull any funny business when we meet him right i don't think he would dare that's some pretty bad optics on his part should i post something to the pip afterward you know what i'm saying yeah i'm sure someone with your amount of influence could cancel somebody in a moment couldn't you (laughs) in a second (laughs) For fun, because I'm bored. Just kidding, I would never, but they don't know that. I say I say we just surge forward as planned, and if I can't imagine things going awry, but if they do, uh, we remain vigilant. With that promise of vigilance, um, you set off on your way to meet up with your rendezvous. You know that you have quite a drive ahead of you. Um, there's going to be like a big stretch of traveling where you actually hit the rendezvous point. Uh, so now is sort of like a good time to kick back, relax, uh, maybe get some shut ass before. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> you did say shut ass, right? I don't I don't think so. <laughs> no. <laughs> The anti-Taco Bell. 
All right, yeah, oh. yeah, could we consider this like a short rest then? A long, long one even. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, obviously someone's going to have to be driving, but... Oh, there's no autopilot on the ladybird? Ladybird. Ladybird. If you <laughs> would like to test that, then you can feel welcome. Celestine takes his hands off the wheel. <laughs> it slightly starts to veer towards the barrier. I'm going to lean over and grab the wheel with my one hand and bring it back to the middle. Well, I think we've learned what we needed to learn from that experiment. <laughs> You get to take this back or? Uh, yeah, thank you very much. Once again, uh, some quick wheel work has saved all of our collective bacon. I do appreciate it. <laughs> it's a good experiment. Do we want to trade off driving duties and maybe get some get some shut eye while we can? Absolutely. I can take a shift for sure. You just uh, sit back and relax and I'll uh, I'll drive for a while. I uh, I wouldn't mind just uh, just being awake in the in the night air. And I, I got to tell you, it sure sure does feel good to be uh out of trouble, Neo Vega. I uh, it was an interesting city, a very, very interesting but confusing place. But I uh, that canopy, you know, I it's been so long since I've seen the stars that I uh, I don't know. It just didn't feel right to look up in the sky and not see the stars. So I wouldn't mind a little quiet time to myself. You got it, Tiger. Celestine sparks up another joint. <laughs> Y'all don't mind while I'm driving, right? Honestly, it helps me concentrate. I, f- I feel like I'm a better driver while I'm... <laughs> I've known people like this. Do your thing. <laughs> no, it's fine. Us, us older models of androids actually don't have the ability to smell, so it's it's totally fine. It won't bother me at all. All right. Well, enjoy your shut eye, and I will do everything I can to not crash this vehicle. <gasps> okay, so Crater, Riot, you two are going to kick back, get a little snooze. Mm-hmm. All right. So, you know, you, you kind of like put your feet up on the dash and close your eyes and start to drift off, um, you know, thoughts of the day's events racing through your minds. And uh, Crater, we're going to start with you because you get sort of pulled into sleep a little bit faster. And it doesn't feel quite the same as a normal experience of falling asleep. And halfway through that that period of twilight where you're a little bit awake and a little and just not quite asleep yet you realize that you are feeling the sensation of being pulled into the digital network where normally you would have to make the choice to access it it's happening on its own there's a momentary sense of panic as you recall that you know it can be quite dangerous to enter these networks especially for commoners um low-level heroes occasionally someone doesn't even make it out through the night um but on this occasion you're falling deeper and deeper into this feeling of being in the network and then you realize that you're being drawn in two separate directions from the right you get a sensation of warmth and exposure and from the left you get a feeling of coolness and of being hidden which do you choose i think i would definitely venture towards the warmth That seems a little bit more inviting for me. As you do, the warmth begins to envelop you and sort of seep into your core. And eventually you begin to hear something calling out to you. And it says, (laughs) It is funny, you know. I have received so much love on the Fifth Collide recently and I couldn't be happier with my devotees. But you, you've distracted me. I adore spotting something dull and battled. You shine it up, give it a bit of a pep talk, and the next thing you know, it is shining and new. Back in the spotlight and getting its props. Haven't I heard of you? Did a fellow archetype used to speak your name? Uh, no, no. You will not find fulfillment ill, you know, tucked away. You may be made from pieces of shadow, but you have lived in the light. Look, 
I've got Welsh pills aplenty, let me tell you. So I am saying this because I believe you have what it takes to make something happen that reaches the entire world. Let us do something big. Let us prosper. We can do it, monsieur. All right, give me a network roll, my friend. Oh, what is that exactly? D100. Where are my D10s? So for listeners, the digital and the dream network is a mechanic that we've added to our game um, in which the players and also powerful NPCs can access the digital or dream network, depending on if they're Android or human, uh, once a week. And on a particularly good role, they can use the network to either learn something about someone that they can just find in the network, or they can uh, alter someone's memory very slightly. Um, But the other results are just sort of good dreams, bad dreams, some minor effects, and and so on. But if you roll a 95 or higher, that's that's good. Uh, 97. (gasps) Oh my god! Holy shit. Oh my god. Wow. Okay, so you got like the top role on the digital network. So you find yourself with like the most open access that you could possibly imagine. It feels like you could just pluck the strings of this place and find anyone that you like and send them a truth of your choosing. What what do you mean by that exactly? If you know of somebody, you're able to find them in the network and you're able to basically leave them a message in their minds that they will like accept as a truth but that's only other androids no like can it be like a like an image as well too that i can plant in somebody's mind it's similar to modify memory but a little bit like more to our discretion Mm -hmm. it's inception it's inception that's exactly it gotcha okay you know what i am going to do i'm going to i'm going to implant a memory on a good buddy of mine from my hometown. I'm going to implant a memory on Pacemaker. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to do like an image of Crater uh, holding the puppy from from the heist uh, with like a big thumbs up and like uh, the entire casino behind <laughs> behind Crater is like clapping and like super supportive like showing that we did not fuck up the heist at all and like got out of there with like no problems whatsoever that gave me strong like final scene of titanic vibes totally totally yes (laughs) yeah so like i'm sending a message back home saying like yeah everything went very smoothly don't worry about it all right um wherever pacemaker is he receives this like really wonderful dream of you you know holding your prize and just being applauded by everyone that you know and just feels real good misses you a bit but uh is comforted by that image and for the rest of your sleep it's just a real nice night uh you're dreaming of like accomplishment success material happiness um you feel free and uh all right that's your uh that's your long rest um in the meantime riot i need you to roll me a d4 Mm, okay three okay uh tonight you fall asleep um you experience the same thing where you rather than just going into a straight sleep like normal are being compelled pulled into the networks there's a moment when it's not clear which one you're going to and then snap you get pulled uh right into the digital network and just like crater as you sort of wander further and further you begin to feel a pulling sensation coming from two directions. To the right is a feeling of seduction, indulgence, and to 
the left is a sensation of commandingness, righteousness. I think I go towards commandingness. All right. So you walk towards that sensation, and this is what you hear. You've been hard to reach, and I've tried. I've tried over and over again. Tell me, how do you envision things should be? You were treated poorly, and so you took matters into your own hands, but then those hands took and took and took, didn't they? Oh, you've changed, and no, you don't have to tell me. I can see that you've changed. You continue to take, but only from those who are shamelessly overburdened by good fortune. Would you tell me that is enough? I know of another who is overburdened by good fortune and influence. They seek to control what you and your companions have awakened. They seek an imbalance I cannot abide. I am the enemy of chance. Riot, I love you because you do not concede to chance, and you do not want to accept imbalance. You have weight now. How will you wield it to earn my blessing? Hit me with a roll on the uh, D100 roll mm-hmm. on the digital network. Oh my god. I swear this is real. <laughs> it's 97. <laughs> Oh my god! I swear. I can send a picture. Holy shit! What the shit? That's fucked. That is so fucked. Oh, everyone's coming up Connor McDavid today. It's amazing. Holy shit. Okay, well, I mean, same deal. Um, You can successfully manipulate somebody's... somebody's, Access somebody's memory and uh, portray some information of your choosing. Damn. Okay, so am I right in assuming that this is is it is it like a message or is it kind of like an imprint imprinting a truth? Like will the person perceive it as like a message or will they perceive it as like the, uh, just a thought of their own? They will not be aware that someone like implanted this into them. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to insert a memory into my assistant Enigmata's head. And I'm going to kind of give memories of the heist and kind of just like an, an overall knowledge that I am behind on content for her to be, because she keeps up with my uh, my pit presence, that I'm behind on the content, but there's so much good shit coming. <laughs> so you like had like a psychic business meeting on the digital network, which is so powerful. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> she wakes up just like certain that she's going to have a whole bunch of work to do the next time that you, <laughs> that you meet, that you contact her. Perfect. But she's, she's excited about it. Okay. And uh, for the rest of the evening, you, you have dreams that just, sort of fill you with a sense of balance, rightness, um, the sense that you have a strong deck of cards and you're in a good place to uh, to negotiate. And uh, and then you and Crater um, wake up from your from your sleeps and you're still driving, um, you know, several hours later. Maybe the sun's starting to just sort of come up in the distance. Hey, uh, can I can I ask a question here about digital network and stuff like that. I, I guess I thought that only androids could access the digital network and only humans could access the dream network. Is it is it Riot's modded nature 
that lets her access the digital network? That's the idea, yeah. Ah, gotcha. All right, Celestine, it's time for you to go to bed. Oh, well, yeah, I suppose if the if the stars are gone, then uh, there's not much point in... Not much point in stargazing anymore. If uh, somebody else wants to climb up front here, then uh, I'd be happy to get a little shut-eye. I could take over. I think that would be best. I've seen what you can do. <laughs> Celestine crawls into the back and uh, and just sort of like, like tries to give Crater his space a little bit, but... At, like as he sort of shuts down falls asleep kind of leans over just like mm. slumps over onto crater a little bit i'll i'll like i'll, I'll pick up my arm and put it around his shoulder and just nestle it in um all right celestine you just like literally like while driving just climb over the back of the thing and <laughs> riot's got it riot's, it's all good riot's <laughs> got it riot has got it and you just curl up and uh you know you start to get pulled into sleep and you also start to get pulled into the digital network which again is not typical to your experience of falling asleep and as you get pulled farther and farther in you start to become drawn in two separate directions from the left you're getting a sense of familiarity uh, you feel very moved and from the right you're getting a sense of stillness and anticipation mm. I think I go left all right so you follow the familiar sense and the closer you get the stronger that feeling of familiarity grows and finally you hear wow oh wow i knew it would be you i've known it since i first saw you just a sweet wanderer alone in the world but you picked up my holler and i can only call out to sensitive souls souls who can look out into an empty darkness and create something you know you were inspired to create yourself some kin, and so you did. And what's inspiring you now? What kind of world do you want to create? I know I can count on you, Celestine. You always come running when your muse calls you. And give me a roll, a D100. 97. If you roll 97, <laughs> not even close, not even close. <laughs> 36. Oh, 36. Um, okay, so roll me a d6. That's a six. All right, so for you have disadvantage on skill checks and saving throws attributed to charisma until your next rest. Uh, and for the rest of the evening, you feel uneasy. You have dreams of, of, of selfishness, of wasted time, and uh, you wake up a little bit, a little bit perturbed from your sleep well that hardly seems fair <laughs> and for all three of you while you're in the digital network you get the sensation that it's like standing on a mountain made of all of the information that exists floating around you like lit up threads each containing discoveries analyses calculations but also containing corruption and duplicity um this is a uh this is a vexing place despite the fact that a couple of you rolled just absurdly well <laughs> and through it all, you you do get a sense that there's something missing there, like it should be a grander expanse, but that part of it may have been permanently lost. All right, so y'all are rested up to varying degrees. Um, it's morning now. Everybody's had a sleep. Celestine wakes up. You're still on the road. My goodness. Uh, do we know how much farther it's uh, it's going to be. It feels like we've been driving for some time now. I think we're getting pretty close. The Jack Strait is just up ahead. All right, at this point, y'all, give me a roll on that weather table. Excuse me? Oh, sorry. Give me a, <laughs> give me a roll of a 1d6, somebody. <laughs> and something will happen. Golly. I did 
D4, or sorry, four. <laughs> four. So as the dawn breaks, uh, so does a light, but very persistent rain. You know, it's not the end of the world, but uh, it is going to give Celestine some trouble. So we're going to have some disadvantage on perception and dexterity checks with the vehicle for today. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, you got some light rain happening on the road today. Things are maybe a little bit slicker. It sure smells good. Um, and as you sort of keep driving throughout the night, you know, Celestine was driving for most of it. So you were going pretty speedy quick, but then Riot took over for a while and maybe was going a little bit more cautiously and slowly. And in the distance, very distantly, but distinctly, you can hear the telltale sirens. Fuck. Sorry, is it sirens as in like there's a creature calling out to us or like there's like a mechanical horn going off? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? No, I'm. It's it's the. Uh, it sounds the same as the uh, vehicles that were pursuing you while you were in Turpinio. Turpinier. And uh, as you notice this, um, you also realize that a fork is coming. You knew it would be. Uh, you knew the choice would have to be made in the moment. And you know, as it's coming, you have to. You're at the point of decision, left or right. To your left, uh, a well-paved highway continues, well lit totally exposed and smooth sailing as far as the eye can see. Uh, To the right, the road branches off into the obscurity of the jungle, protected by a thick canopy, Uh, but you can tell that if you choose this path, it won't be long until you're under cover of near darkness. Also, somebody roll me a history. Everybody roll me a history check. 16. Four. 13. All right, Crater, uh, you sort of um, have this understanding that, like, you've still got a couple of days to go to the destination. So like, you know, mm. whichever path you take is going to kind of determine, you know, the environment through which you're driving for the next, for the last leg of the journey until you meet up. We're, we're still, we're still a couple days out here. I'm not sure if venturing into the woods is probably the best move at this point. It might put a couple days onto our journey, but don't love the sounds of those sirens getting closer, but we don't necessarily know that it's for us. Uh. <laughs> probably for us. Hope springs eternal, hey? Hey, there could have been another heist. On the on the the day of the fool or the the what what was that celebration called? There wasn't a name of this. It was like kind of like a ringing in the new year. It's the year of the fool. So the you're sp- close. The spinning of the wheel. That was yeah. The, the spinning of the wheel. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There could have been another heist, another spinning of the wheel knockoff party somewhere else, right? That <laughs> I suppose is a possibility. <laughs> we can't rule it out. So. Sure, Crater. Absolutely. I'm I'm with you. I mean, I'm willing to do whatever the consensus is. Well, on one side, we've got a nice straight stretch of land that, you know, we could be probably easily caught upon. Uh, on the other side, treacherous jungle that we could, you know, be safe from the from the pursuers. But uh, I, I, as I said, I, I do not know the way. So I'm happy to defer to your judgment. Well. Celestine, um, you seem like a pretty good driver. Could you outrun them? If you go on the straight and narrow here? I could probably outrun them on the straight and narrow. I know I could outrun them off-road. Let's go off-road then. I think we should go off-road. All right. Okay, so you're taking the turn to the right and heading into the jungles of the Phantom Isles. Did we did we go south from the city? Like, are we getting, are we, we're getting more tropical, not like more arctic right you're heading your your destination is southeast okay yeah 
I'd just like to say that you got remarkably lucky on your weather table. The Phantom Isles are known for their extremely famous uh, lightning thunderstorms, um, pretty intense and like very dangerous to be outside when one of those hits. But uh, as far as just some light continuous rain, not not a bad outcome for you. So as you're traveling through, like B said, you have like maybe like a day left. You, you ha- you'll have to sleep once more before you get there. Um, before we go any further, uh, you have like all these boxes oh, of like yes, the random crap you took from the heist. <laughs> do you want to like deal with that now or do you want to wait until you get to where you're going? I feel like we should get, you know, take stock before we get to the people we need to meet. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I would love to see what's in these boxes as well as uh, that that weapon upgrade that we won from Uncle Eden. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the weapon upgrade came from Yeeha. Oh, sorry, from Yeha. So you managed to grab, you sort of like grabbed as much as you could and it is an auction for fancy people. So there's things like, like there's one really nice rug that was rolled up really small that like it was a pretty heavy box and you were like, fuck it. And you grabbed <laughs> it and, uh, you know, you now you have like an extremely wonderful rug that's all <laughs> folded up. You find some like nice artwork, like a little bit of like nice jewelry, like that kind of thing. As far as the more um, interesting items go, you find, um, first of all, one uh, small-ish bottle. It looks almost like a perfume bottle, but it has a stopper in the top. And in the bottle, it's filled with a really lovely red liquid that sloshes around um, as you look at it. All of you could recognize this to be a potion of healing. Yes. Um, the second thing that you find is a, in one of the boxes, you open it to find a, uh, deck of cards. Um, as you Uh flip, are are you giving us a deck of many things? (laughs) No, 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 no. We're not that insane. Absolutely not. (laughs) Luckily, because the items were up for auction, there's some, a, uh, like a little description that's in the box next to it. So this deck, as you flip through it, You see um, pictures of the arcana, so of the gods depicting them, um, you know, as they usually are. And then you get a small description next to it, which basically entails that uh, if you draw a card at random and like intently knowing that you're going to use this magic item and you throw it on the ground, an illusion that matches one of the arcana appears there and you can use an action to move it and you can sort of use that however you'd like if you draw like the moon card like a big moon will come out and it, your ally. It, it will likely be at our discretion <laughs> yeah the, the flavor is is uh upcoming yeah yeah for sure <laughs> okay. um cool. it won't be it likely won't be super literal for all of them but you'll just have to use them and see but like we we won't use it to like you know mess with you it won't be like a big picture of you or anything okay uh, anyway <laughs> um, <laughs> You also find what looks like a small box of mints Mm. and uh, the description next to it describes it. Basically, it allows you when you're attuned to this box of mints, it allows you to sort of when you're interacting with someone for the very first time, it allows you to try to like find that perfect thing to say that's going to make your situation more uh, amenable to you. (laughs) So um, this is called the icebreaker. And uh, it gives you advantage on your first charisma check if you're meeting someone for the very first time. Oh, God. Can I have this in real life, please? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, the final item that you find is uh, 
actually just a locked box and you don't see any description on it. When you uh, shake it, you can hear some things rattle around inside. So there are things in it. Uh, you could guess that this box was probably meant so that no one looked inside of it during the auction. Um, and it was intended to open so that the auctioneer could take the items out and then use them. But it is still locked because you took them before that happened. I will toss that to Riot. Can you deal with this? I can do my best here. Um, I've got some some little things that I can fiddle around with the lock. Can I make an attempt? Yeah, make a thieves tool check. So this is going to be um, a roll with your proficiency and your dexterity modifier. <laughs> I got 27. <laughs> oh my god wait hold on wait sorry wrong i was looking at the wrong one my dexterity is over there is plus five this is plus three so this is 20 25 i'm sorry <laughs> oh my so god wild. okay absolutely fucked um yeah so <laughs> crater you toss this box up to riot um she's like no problem grabs something out of her pocket and in the same motion like jams it into the the keyhole and it just like pops open um <laughs> Inside this box, you see a key and a lock. The key is called a mystery key, which basically it has a very small chance of working in any lock. So you roll for it and when it works, <laughs> it disappears. But until then, it's just yours to use. And the lock is called the lock of trickery. Anybody who tries to pick this lock has disadvantage against it. So that's just for you to use. Cool. Those are your winnings from, <laughs> from the heist. Okay. Part of me wants to use that key to just like make a make a go at our little main box, but <laughs> I don't know if I'm blowing my load earlier. <laughs> so let's think of the hall. That, that's hey, that's this is not bad for an evening's worth of work. Yeah. It's those big arms of yours. You fit all these things in them. Oh, you've noticed. <laughs> Hello, I am Jay, I am one of your DMs, and I am briefly interrupting the episode to talk to you a little bit about our Patreon. If you're not familiar with Patreon, it's essentially a subscription service in which you can sign up to an artist or their project and commit a certain amount per month to help them grow. Uh, for our Patreon, we have a few different tiers. The most fun one is definitely the $10 a month in which we have a whole other show on top of Planet Arcana. We do a show called Recharge in which we discuss the events of the previous two episodes. It's really really fun. We get super in-depth into the characters' motivations, their feelings, um, different mechanics that we didn't discuss in the episode. We also inevitably get into uh, one of our real-life childhoods. Uh, embarrassing stories come up a lot. Um, it's super incriminating, totally worth paying $10 for. We also have tiers where you can just get the episodes a day in advance, uh, not have to listen to ads like this, and of course just a tier where you can just support us, and uh, to that we say thank you. If you can't commit to a monthly subscription, which I totally understand because the world is on fire, we also have a coffee where you can basically just tip us uh, whenever you like if you're enjoying the show. So you can find us at www.planetarcana.com. That's our home website. We can direct you to all these links and more. We're also on all the social media as at Planet Arcana Pod on Twitter, Instagram, etc. Really, the more people that support us on Patreon, the more people uh, that help us on coffee, and most importantly, the more people that are just listening wherever they're listening and telling their friends, uh, the more we can start to do more fun stuff with you guys. We have some super fun ideas for merch. We have fun ideas for more content, and uh, ideally in the future, the dream would be to do more content more frequently. But uh, it's a lot of work and we need your help. Uh, the best thing you can do for us right now if you can't commit on 
uh, Patreon or Coffee is to just tell your friends. Tell your nerdy friends who like D&D. Tell your not nerdy friends who maybe have never tried D&D but have always wanted to. And tell them that you want to start a campaign with them and this is their gateway. And I've just match made a campaign for you. Thank you so much for being here. We so appreciate you listening and we so appreciate your support. Back to the show. So you roll the ladybird into the jungle and um, you roll away from the open road. The siren does start to get a little bit fainter as you go in here. It's going to add a little bit of time to your uh, final travel time, but it's not going to put you like days off or anything. It's just going to be, you know, a couple extra hours. And when you're already two or two days away, then not a huge deal. So as you drive into the jungle, um, Celestine, your choice of vehicle was <laughs> very apt. You picked the vehicle that has all the off-roading capabilities as yes, if I you did. knew. As <laughs> if almost- you knew. At, well, as if as as if I had spent much time racing vehicles in an off-road situation, I saw all of that clear pavement and I didn't really know what to do with it. Exactly. So um, you all watch as like every time there's a downed tree, of which there are many in this uh, jungle clearing that you're driving through, you can see so many trees have those like very deep blacks in them from being struck by lightning. Many of them have fallen over. And every once in a while, when you come over to a tree that's been collapsed, uh, Celestine just pushes a button, uh, cranks a knob, and suddenly the car floats a little bit just over top of it um, and clears it. That's how we do it in the good unwilds, friends. <laughs> what are you clearing that's not trees in the good unwilds? I mean, mostly dead animal carcass and some <laughs> such. Yeah, that all tracks. So you, everyone make a perception check for me. Perception. And this will be at disadvantage for everybody because of the rain. Mm. 10. 15. (laughs) 3. Good. Uh, Okay, so you guys keep driving through. You start to, the road starts to wind a little bit more. And you're getting to a point where it's just, you're, there is like a path. It's almost like a walk walked path the car barely fits on it and as you come around this one corner you see there's like sort of like a a rock like a raised clearing where it's just all rock like this rock has grown up out of the ground and it's completely flat on top it almost looks like a stage for lack of a better term like um that people might sit on the on the grass and like watch someone up there uh no one's up there currently but you do see at the very top of the this like rock uh, it's about five feet tall at most. And at the top, there is almost like bioluminescent uh, moss that's growing above it. And I'd like everyone to make a nature check for me. 18. Four. Two. Go. Sean, what <laughs> dice are you using? <laughs> the same ones that I used last session. <laughs> yeah, that will explain it. Okay. Well, Riot, you recognize this bioluminescent moss as something called Munch moss. Munch moss. Trying to think of a way that you might have heard of it. Uh, we'll figure that out later. But basically, maybe <laughs> maybe you did your research on the on the heist in the surrounding area. That makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. And you remember reading about munch moss. Munch moss is extremely dangerous to especially androids because it eats right through metal. In fact, it's not only androids that it eats right through. It's also things like vehicles. Um, anything metal that gets in its way. And just as you realize this and like go to point it out, 
Celestine, you feel like a goo in your vehicle as something feels like it grabbed hold of your tire and it, it almost feels like you have a flat. And uh, as that happens, you all feel a bit of a draft coming through the bottom of the vehicle. There's air flowing through a bunch of holes that are uh, just slowly making their way into the vehicle. Uh, what do you do? Oh, my God. Uh, does anybody have any fire? <laughs> just to have? Have. <laughs> Did anyone bring any? Did anyone have any on them? I'm afraid I left my fire in my other pants. Oh, that <laughs> reminds me, Crater. I didn't take any of my stuff with me before we left. I, I've I've just got all of my extra shirts and chaps, that, you know, that I, I've just left them right at your house. And I, I do hope that at some point we can go back and collect my things. And, you know, Mom and Pa made all those things for me and gave them to me. And I just, just plum forgot to take them with yeah, me. Yeah, don't, don't worry. No one ever ventures into my apartment. So like, it's fine in the closet for now. We can go back and get it. Don't you worry. Um, but for right now, uh, we're in trouble. Another hole works its way into the car. <laughs> okay, so J and B, you created uh, some rules around like vehicle repair. And I don't know exactly what those are. But am I able to try and cast mending on the bottom of the vehicle? Um, You can. Uh, you can tell that there's like the damage is sort of like working its way all around the car. And as you're trying to like take an assessment here, you look out the window and you can see that this this moss is crawling all up your car. So you can make repairs now, but you get a sense that like unless you deal with this, it's going to uh it's just going to keep coming back. The moss is going to be an issue. <laughs> I have a question about the nature of the moss. Yes. So like, it's, is, is it kind of like a, there's like, it's like a central, it's like an organism, right? It's like the one organism that's kind of like, like if I were to poison part of it, could that spread through the entire organism and it could fall off? Make a nature check. All right. 15. The nature of this moss is, it's it's quite magical in nature. I'll also tell you that like you had heard of this in your um when you were doing some research on the on the heist but it it was mostly like yeah, at worst case scenario you'll run into like a little bit of munch moss and you're like kind of looking around and it, this seems like a lot of munch moss to have run into. Um but from that role you gather that uh due to the magical nature of this not being exactly like regular moss it is uh it doesn't seem to care either way about poison damn all right i i do have something i think we could try if you don't permit me permission granted maybe buckle up and hold on and uh i'm going to cast thunder wave on the bottom oh. of the, to try and <laughs> knock the moss away from us <laughs> okay yes. Each uh, creature in a 15-foot cube um, must make a constitution saving throw, failed saving throw, 2d8 thunder damage, and pushed 10 feet away. Love that. Okay. Casting this inside the vehicle? Uh, well, I'm casting it, so it's like uh, a 15-foot a cube from me in a direction of my choice, and so I'll say, like, from my feet down. Yeah. Any, uns any, any uh, unsecured objects that are completely within the area of effect are automatically pushed 10 feet away. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's very loud as well. I, I reach back and put on my seatbelt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're guessing it, like, to the ground. Okay, I, okay. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> sure, all the stuff is secure, too. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> um, B, do you want to roll some, uh, what was it, constitution saving Constitution throws? saving throws, yeah. That's, uh, 10 and a 12. No. 
No, I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, how much damage does this do? So that's five thunder damage, and uh, and and because uh, it failed, it's pushed ten feet away. <laughs> all right. Yes. There's no way that this wouldn't happen. So when you do this, I'm going to need you all to make a dexterity saving throw. Oh shit. <laughs> Sit on his feet. <laughs> oh, oh no. That's a 10. Okay, that just passes. 19. Good. Pass. Five. Okay, fail. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Riot and uh, Celestine, you each, you each take three damage as you feel this thunder wave go through, and you do watch as the uh, moss gets like shunted out. You could see it was trying to crawl into the vehicle, and it just like gets blasted back mm-hmm. as. You yourselves in this vehicle do like a little jump stationary uh, straight up and you all go kind of like <laughs> flying everywhere. Um, Crater, you were trying to put your seatbelt on in time. You just didn't quite make it. And no. as the vehicle went like flying, <laughs> you get rocked around in the backseat a little bit. You're going to take six damage from that. I was like, I was like trying to buckle in my seatbelt to the to the buckle for the the seat beside me, and it just wouldn't oh, go no. in. Oh shoot, Crater! I am so sorry. How is your head? Unfortunately. As this happens, you all hear this like like rumbling sound from directly left to you as you watch one of the trees next to you turn and a face forms in the bark and it looks at you. And I'm going to need you all to roll initiative. Oh God. <laughs> We're fighting the tree people from Lord of the Rings. And the and visual of the car just getting covered in moss and immediately just vaulting up into the air. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, give me one second. I'm I'm grabbing a different D20 because I just rolled a nat one. <gasps> oh no! Oh dear. Okay. Uh, Seventeen. Uh, sorry, eighteen initiative for Celestine. Seven. Yeah, and and that was a one for Crater. Wow. Maybe you did hit your head harder. <laughs> so you're in this area where there's a ton of palm trees, and this tree does look like a regular palm, but there's something a little bit strange about it because the trunk has split itself into two legs. The bark peels into two arms, and the palm fronds make sharp clacking noises as they ruffle in anger. Uh, This is no ordinary palm tree. This, you recognize, is a daddy palm legs. Oh Oh my god. And daddy is angry. (laughs) That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. (laughs) Sorry, are those mosses still on the vehicle? Um, No, they got pushed 10 feet away. Oh, I see. Okay, gotcha. Okay, Celestine, you're up. And then it's all of the mosses after you. Oh my god. (laughs) All right, let's wild shape into chariot. Ooh! So this this is the same one that I uh, used in the heist. Celestine just starts to glow with the uh, with the sort of starry, like cold blue white light, particularly at his joints. So he kind of looks a little constellationy, and then this kind of vision of a of a of a chariot, uh, you know, made out of stars, uh, sort of forms around him. So if you look at him, it's kind of like a bit translucent. He's got this thing, sort of enveloping him, um, and uh, goes ahead and and uh, pulls his uh, his starry starlight gun out of his holster and uh, fires at the far moss. I think. Gotcha. That's the nastiest one of them all. <laughs> That is just a 12 to hit. Okay, well, it is moss, and it has a very low AC, so you do hit. <laughs> it is moss. It is moss. Oh, gosh. That rolling so bad. Um, that is four damage. Okay. 
It's not nothing. Uh, it kind of shivers when you shoot it. <laughs> All right. That was my bonus action. Oh, sick. Action, I will... Let's create a bonfire. Um, <laughs> yes. Underneath, <laughs> uh, underneath one of the mosses in front of me. All right. Uh, when we're rolling dexterity? Yeah, dexterity saving throw. Okay. Uh, whoa. It does not have good dex, but I rolled a 19, so 17. Okay. So it saves, um, and it won't take any damage this time, but when it begins its turn there, so the bonfire is right underneath it, uh, when it begins its turn there, it has to make another deck saving throw. Okay. All right. Not a bad turn. Uh, we have the three mosses up next. So the one that you just lit a bonfire under is going to move back into uh, the car with you. It like slides underneath and back up through the hole that you like just shot it out of. Sorry, it begins its turn on the fire, right? So another dexterity saving throw. Right, 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 right. Here we go. This time it's a two. All right, so that's three <laughs> fire damage. All right. Any any sense that the thing might particularly hate fire? In fact, it is resistant. Wait, wow. Yeah. Okay. About that. All right, and it is going to reach out and is this what the action's called? Pseudopod. Yeah. It's gonna pseudopod ya, my guy. Um, so <laughs> it creates like kind of an arm that like slips up through the hole and just like smacks you in the thigh as you're sitting in the driver's seat. Oh God! I don't know if I should be rolling, Jay. I just, <laughs> I just rolled a five. So, does oh, five hit, no. Celestine? That that I'm afraid will not hit. Okay. Well, you you, you boot scoop boogie your way out of out of Damn its right. reach, just in time. <laughs> just just like Mama Tachi. Yeah, just like Mama Tachi. So that's that one's turn. Um, does the bonfire follow it? No, the bonfire lives in the space that it came in. So that's unfortunate. Uh, okay, because <laughs> it'd be funny to bring that into the car. But all right. <laughs> Moss number two is coming. It's going to wedge its way under the car in the same manner, and it's going to try to pseudopodgy again. It's it's beefed about this. Fuck. It's going to pseudopodgy. Um, oh, this time I rolled a 22. Yeah, bring it. Okay, so you're going to take three bludgeoning damage and eight acid damage. Oh, my. Oh, boy. Okay. Hmm. Trouble. So um, you're also going to take uh, one point of exhaustion as oh, wow. the acid from this moss starts to eat through your metal body. Okay. Um, and now we've got this bad boy who's going to take a uh, move and uh, just kind of like raise uh, one of its little mossy uh, limbs at you and like shake it like a fist. <laughs> just going to bring us to riot. Okay. I'm going to come out with one of my spells. Ooh. Uh, I'm going to use... Witch bolt. Oh, <gasps> these motherfuckers. Sick. Uh, right? There's a, there's a lot of metal in this car. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I maybe have the control. Do I have the control to like send it over? Oh, yeah. Specifically? Okay. I was not trying to stop you. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. No, no, no. I, I wanted to make sure this, this is good. All right. So for this one, make a ranged spell attack against that creature. On a hit, the target takes 1d12 lightning damage. And on each of your turns for the durations, you can use your action to deal 1d12 lightning damage to the target automatically. Yeah. This is a cool spell because if you hit, you just hit forever and you can just keep dealing damage. Sick. Okay. Uh, I guess I'm going to go after the mosses, the encroaching mosses. Which one do you want to go after? The top or bottom one? I'll go after the top one, which is closer to the androids. Cool. Okay. By the androids, do you mean us? Yeah. Both of you. (laughs) I don't want you to get eaten yet. The android boys. (laughs) Android boys. Droid boys. That is 22. Oh, absolutely hits. Yeah, it hits like gangbusters. (laughs) 
Uh, roll damage on that. All right. Some dim dam. Uh, that's a seven. Dope. Ugh. It's like. Anything else on your turn, Riot? Um, can I kind of get between these two and the mosses? Yeah, for sure. They don't get all up in their grill. I love that. Awesome. Okay. Uh, Crater, you are up. Uh, this giant tree fellow that's to that I can see through through the left window here. Does it look like he's about to like approach us? Yeah, like as you guys have been dealing with the mosses, your attention is sort of split between watching these mosses crawl back through the car and this tree, like the bark splitting itself to become a little bit more humanoid and it's got a real angry look on his uh, daddy palm face. Yeah, daddy's mad. <laughs> daddy's real mad. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to be dealing with daddy, so I think we need to deal with these mosses and maybe try and floor it out of here. Yeah. Riot is very, very nice see you to try and protect me here but i'm gonna try and deal with these little fucks too all right so i might i might like crawl over riot to get to the front front seat uh where I love and riot scampering. was crushed and died <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm, gonna, I'm gonna crawl over to get to these two moss patches that are coming through the through the uh floorboards here and my eyes are going to turn from blue to red as I enter into a rage. Sick. Since I am level three now, my rages have a little bit more flavor to them. With this rage, my two hands are going to spin rapidly and then like retract into my arms. And then you see two giant needle nose pliers come out oh. and replaces my hands. <laughs> oh, I love when he does this. Uh, and I'm going to make a uh, slashing attack at both of these mosses. Sick. Ugh. You know what? Reckless. Oh, oh fuck yeah. Uh, the first one, uh, 14 to hit. Yep. Mm-hmm. And let's roll the second one, 20, 22. Heckin' yeah. Yep. Okay. So the first moss is going to take... So there's one damaged and one not. Which one do you want to deal with? This one too. This damage too. The one that took damage first. The okay. two, so it's eight damage. Oof. Take it home, Country Road. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for that one, I think my my needle nose, it will just kind of grip around the moss and then just spin rapidly and just like it just spreads the moss everywhere and just completely like, evaporates. <laughs> oh, no. And the second one, that's seven seven damage to the second one. It also is like. It is like trying to like grasp for its like moss brethren as it dissolves and it's like, oh, it's so mad. Oh, crater. As you lay into both of these things, having just downed one as well, you start to feel that acidity from these munch mosses start to creep through your arms that are newly uh, in, in new forms. And you start to feel that the corrosion kind of seep through. You're also going to take a point of exhaustion from touching them. Mm. We are at... Uh, Mr. Daddy Palmlegs. Uh, he is newly formed and looking mad. Oh, yeah. He's like freaking splits his legs apart and just does like a stomp, stomp, stomp. His arms are just like bark arms flailing at either side. And he takes a giant step like over the other like non-daddy palms and like towers over your vehicle. And uh, it's just going to raise one of his super long daddy legs and just slam it down on the vehicle, I guess. Right. Because he can't. Yeah, yeah. On the vehicle. Sorry. 17 to hit. Mm-hmm. So that's going to hit it. And it's going to take 14 damage. All right, we're still looking just fine. Uh, we are back at Celestine. Okay, so is there anything 
stopping us from just kind of flooring it and trying to get away? Like, is the vehicle not working properly because of the, what the moss did? Yeah, you can tell that there's like something on the passenger side at the front that it ate into that needs some repair before you can get it going smoothly again. All right. So we have to stay here and fight. Okay. Well, you could go and re- like take a like go and check it and try to repair it if you'd like. Seems like not a great idea at the moment. Um okay. Let's go ahead and I'll I'll use a I'll use a bonus action. I'll use a bonus action to fire my gun. Um I'll fire it um at the at the moss in the thing with us. Great. My little star gun. Oh, that's oh, a nat 20. Yes. There we go. Okay, so that is um 11 radiant damage. <laughs> Take it home, country road. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think it just uh, uh, Celestine just just is like you know things are happening pretty fast, just kind of flailing around, uh, trying to get the moss off me, and just like oh god, get what 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 are you doing? And just firing at the at the moss on the ground, and uh, and and it just sort of vaporizes into a bunch of moss dust. And uh, then as my as my action, I need to cast cure wounds on myself. Nice. I love the visual of shooting at your own feet in the car. Like if someone was standing outside this car, they'd have no fucking idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there's only one moss left, and it is that moss's turn. It's gonna avoid that fire. <laughs> oh, it's uh, it's searching around for its peers, and I don't think it's gonna like what it finds. And uh, that's its turn. <laughs> Riot. Can you tell me a little bit about this daddy's like? Does it have a? Does he have a, like a face? Yes, like eyes and a mouth. Well, you can see that the bark has like shaped itself into into those features. Is there like a hole where the mouth is? <laughs> Why is it always hole questions with you? Riot. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I love exactly, it. Right, just constantly looking for buttholes. I love and- it. Um, yeah, there, there could be. Okay. How? In what way are you going to destroy us with that knowledge? I so I want to run towards this thing, and when I get to its base, I want to get my spike feet and run up it. Oh my god! Until oh I get to god. its mouth and put my. Uh, the barrel of my gun into the hole of its mouth. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, what is your what is your speed? Thirty feet. Five, ten, fifteen. I'm gonna say that this this bad boy is like I don't know, fifteen feet tall. So yeah, you can make it all the way up. You think? Okay. Uh, shoot. I got six. <laughs> no, that's not gonna get it through was to so daddy. Badass though. No, it was. Oh, I wanted that for you really bad. Really so bad. you're s- stuck, like standing horizontally on this tree. Oh, okay. Just standing horizontally on this thing is so good. <laughs> that can is I like rad. can I like tuck myself behind its arm then? Like where it can't yeah, get yeah. At me? Heck yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Absolutely. It looks awesome. <laughs> um, uh, okay. That will bring us to crater. Well, Celestine, I don't love that she's out there by herself. Do you think you, you think you can handle the car? Oh, well, you know I can handle the car, Crater. You do what you got to do to help Ms. Riot. All right. We'll do. I'm going to turn. I'm going to look towards the daddy palm legs. <laughs> and uh, I am going to use my quick step ability and I'm going to teleport 30 feet. Can I like land like on him like near near his face? Kind of what uh, what Riot just did. Like in the air, you mean? Yes. Sure. <laughs> I, like, I think that's cool. But you will fall if you don't succeed on a, some sort of check. Is that OK? Sure. <laughs> Sure. Actually, actually, no. I'll I'll just teleport. I'll, I'll get to I'll get to his feet, mm-hmm. um, and he will take two fire damage for me just awesome. being so hot and landing beside him. And then I will just try to chop at his 
legs with my with my great axe. Cool. Ah, uh, the great axe, the mortal weapon of the tree. <laughs> Sorry. Not wrong. Ah, uh, the, uh, the the great axe, the the mortal enemy of the tree. Is <laughs> what I meant to say. There you go, crater. You got there, buddy. <laughs> You're a little uh, discombobulated after superheating uh, yourself over there. Totally. And, and I'm exhausted. Um, I am going to make this reckless attack as well. And, oh boy, 2022? 20, oh, yeah. Cool. And it's going to be 14 damage to him. Oh, Ooh, my God. Gnarly. Ooh, yuggo. Okay, you uh, fucking cleave into this uh, tree, and he's having a hard time deciding where to look between you and between uh, the person who's literally, like, <laughs> right at his mouth right now, just trying to, like, crawl in away over to where his arm is. Um, anything else on your turn? Nope, that's it. All right. So that is Mr. Daddy. Back up again. Daddy has two potential enemies that he could go for. Uh, Daddy Daddy got hurt. Daddy got burned by Crater. Daddy's mad at Crater. Daddy's going to attack Crater. Daddy chill. Daddy no. chill. That time for that is over, young man. <laughs> Daddy's disappointed. Daddy's going to slam, like just slam down where you're standing. I imagine like between his legs. Oh, daddy rolled a two. Oh my god. <laughs> Did it, an eight hit you, Crater? It does not. Oh, god daddy. flustered Crater. Daddy accidentally punches through his legs and he's just like, oh. <laughs> Do you guys want to fudge one of those rolls just for the narrative's okay. sake or oh what? My god. Maybe you should be rolling again. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll try rolling and see. Maybe the curse got lifted from me to you. Maybe. <laughs> well, daddy's not mad. He's just disappointed, but we will move to <laughs> Celestine's turn. All right, uh, Celestine will use his bonus action to pull out the gun and take uh, another another starry shot at the moss that's approaching the vehicle. Mm-hmm. 11 to hit? Yep. Yes. All right. Seven damage to that moss. Seven radiant damage. <laughs> it looks not great. Oh, but not dead, eh? Not dead. Damn it. Damn it. Okay. I'm going to move a bit then. I'm going to run from it a little bit. And okay, DM question. As a Circle of Stars Druid, I get to cast Guiding Bolt a couple of times a day um, without using a spell slot, but oh. it doesn't say at what level. Uh, it's cast at level one. All right, then I will uh, use that feature. I'll cast a level one Guiding Bolt at the Palm Daddy. Awesome. Cool. Cool. That's a miss. Never mind. What'd you roll? I rolled an eight. (laughs) God, we all suck today. I rolled a three. I got an eight. (laughs) Just throwing punches and missing. That's it. That's me. I tried to help. (laughs) It's this final moss's turn. All right. The moss saw you scamper out of the side and it's going to go wee, wee, wee all the way here. (laughs) This moss is slowly crawling around the battlefield trying to catch up to you. Um, Trying to catch up to Celestine the slow boy. That'll bring us to Riot. I'm going to have another go <laughs> with yes. my gun 17 this time 12 oh, plus five. oh yeah oh yeah sick uh so that's 2d8 piercing and since uh your friend crater is in that space as well you get sneak attack damage oh frick yeah okay so just all of the dice okay so uh 16 Yuck. Absolutely insane. Okay, that was a pretty beefy hit into this daddy palm legs. And uh, (laughs) point blank range. Daddy looks like he'd like to be in his recliner falling asleep at 5 p.m., but he cannot because you're all up in his business. Um, Is there anything else on your turn? I think I'm going to go like around the back of his head. Dope. Like all the while, like using my spike feet to kind of like injure him slightly (laughs) or just. 
get him, demoralize him. <laughs> so now I have this image of him in 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 my mind as like as like a a, a retired old man that's just irritated that we're on his lawn. <laughs> <laughs> just it's uh you know daddies are always up to interpretation. <laughs> whatever whatever you see in your head is correct. He refers to his body as his lawn. <laughs> <laughs> Got the nicest lawn in the neighborhood. Gotta take care of your lawn. Get uh, off my lawn. <laughs> crater. Well, seemed to, it seemed to work so good the first time. Uh, I think I'll just continue to whack at this dude with my great axe. Cool. Again, again, I'm just going for his ankles just to <laughs> just to try and bring him down to my level. Again, I'll make this reckless because he's not going to hit me anyways, so it's fine. Um, rude. <laughs> Super uh, rude. Uh, does a 15 hit? Yep. Yeah. Good night. Uh, that's another nine damage. To okay. That's right. Crater fell that tree. Fell it. He makes a noise as if he stepped on a piece of Lego. It's like the most painful thing. <laughs> um, anything else on your turn? Actually, I'm going to move. I'm just going to kind of follow uh, Riot around the back of this guy. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm trying to avoid this piece of moss that I see is slowly creeping its <laughs> its way towards me. It's... Uh-huh. Oh, it's coming. So it's daddy's turn and he's really upset that you claim that he couldn't hit you. So he is going to try to hit you and I'm going to roll this. Please roll And I have advantage because you attacked him recklessly and he's going to recklessly attack you right back. It's going to be so good. Okay. It was, it was quite good. I rolled a natural 17, which turns into a 23. 23 to Ooh. hit. Yeah, that, yeah, that hits. Okay. Yeah. You're going to take 14 damage from him slamming his his body or his <laughs> lawn into you. Is that, is that bludgeoning? <laughs> it is. So you actually just take seven. <sighs> yep. Wow. Wow. Well, is, is that all you got, you old fart? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh daddy's mad which brings us back to mr celestine all right uh yeah okay uh bonus action to uh uh fire at the uh at the moss again Uh uh-huh uh that is a 16 to hit yep uh six radiant damage on that moss um celestine how do you want to um (laughs) say uh how do you want to take this guy to dinner Well, if I was taking him to dinner, you know, I would let him know where I was going beforehand so he could, you know, maybe tell me if he's got any allergies or uh, particular dietary restrictions. But in this particular case, I think I am just going to advance on him while screaming about (laughs) the pain that he inflicted upon me and Crater and uh, and just firing my gun uh, uh, willy nilly uh, until he is dead. Sick. Uh, Okay, you fell the... Yes, yes. Moss, moss gone. Sorry, I didn't interrupt. No, you. no. That's exactly what I was going to say. Moss gone. Um, nothing else is eating into your car anymore. Well, that's good. Uh, that's uh, that's going to be a problem for later. But uh, um, then with my action, I will try the guiding bolt again on uh, on Daddy. Fabulous. That's a 19. Ooh, 19 hits. That is 13 radiant damage. Oh, my God. Ooh. <sighs> And next attack against him has advantage. Okay. Oh, oh free sneak attack. Unreal. You got through to dad. Dad looks pensive. He's he's dad now, not daddy. <laughs> <laughs> father. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty he's pretty close to being father. So father Longley. <laughs> father Longley. <laughs> um, is that your turn? That is everything. Okay. Uh, Riot, you're up. All right. I'm gonna come around to daddy's face. <laughs> 
and stick a dagger in his eye. Make sure you do it with advantage. <laughs> right, right. So he's glowing from this uh, guiding bolt that Celestine just fired at him. So you can just see everything a little bit more clearly. Okay, that is 21. <laughs> oh my God. Y- yeah. <laughs> you hit. So you do your dagger, which is a D4, and mm-hmm. then you get your sneak attack damage as well. Sweet. That's a four. And then two D6. Oh my God. We got two. We got two. So that's eight damage. Um, Riot, how do you want to show daddy to his recliner for the night? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's the one. All right. So I like, I like crawl around his face, sticking my feet into each part of his lawn, like with vigor. <laughs> And I thrust my dagger into his eye, uh, kind of un like untangle my legs from the bark, and then put my whole weight into dragging the dagger down to like rip his face oh, clean open. Oh, oh Christ. Jesus oh, fucking nasty. Christ, kid. <laughs> I know it was just a tree, Ms. Riot, but I think you were um well quite brutal with the with the old fella. <laughs> Father lays back to sleep father as you uh find yourself in this moment of uh you know like taking a breath after a very quick combat just happened a couple things happen at once here first of all you start to notice some of the other palms around you are starting to like shiver in a similar way you can't there's so many trees around you that you can't pick out which ones are like gonna turn into potential daddy palm legs so there's just sort of like a shudder going on around you and the other thing that happens is that you hear, once again, the sirens are approaching. Should we take a look at this car? Yeah, let's uh, let's see what we can do to get this, uh, get this ladybird running again. Get the hell out of here. You hear over a loudspeaker. It sounds somewhat far away, but you can hear sort of like in tandem with the sirens. You sons Alright, what do you guys do? Oh man, I really don't want to deal with her. No. Celestine, let's get this car fixed up as soon as possible. Right, you are greater, absolutely. Alright, what do I need to do to fix this car? So you have proficiency in, in vehicles. Mm-hmm. You bend down and where the uh, moss made some holes, you're kind of checking around that area. You can see like the holes in the shell of the, oh boy, I don't know car terms here. The the holes in the, in the, um, in the shell. Uh, undercarriage. Yeah, sure. Just in, in the, in the frame of it itself. That's not what's slowing you down, but you can see they got a little bit into the motor, which is what kind of like brought the, the car to like a thudding stop. Um, and it started to eat into your off-roading mechanism. So I'm going to need you to make an arcana check on it. This you have proficiency in since you um, are proficient in vehicles. But this is just to check like how well you repair it. Can I be helping Celestine? Like I'll, I'll go to like the front of this car and I'll bend down and I'll lift up the car so he has a better view. Oh. Be, I'll be the jack. I I like that idea. So yeah, I think that's a great idea. Lift with your knees. That was necessary. Uh, the first <laughs> roll was terrible. The second roll, 19. Sick. So yeah, you can, you can kind of just like pinpoint exactly where you need to fix it up. It doesn't fix it totally. Like you get almost all the way there. It's usable now, but 
I'll just say like if you want to dump your mending into it, that's going to get it back to like, it won't be full HP, but it will be like fully serviceable. Like you can drive it at full capacity without having to make maneuver checks, basically. Absolutely. I will, uh, I'll, I'll cast mending. So that's only an action. Um, you guys handle that in a timely manner and your car is ready to get back on the road. Awesome. Can I now cast Pass Without Trace on the car? Oh my God. <gasps> I love that. Shadows sort of enshroud the car and you just feel a little bit more hidden. You can hear those sirens approaching, but you guys are ready to go. Assuming you all just pile back in the car and start heading back in the direction that you need to go. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. With your pass without a trace and having fixed up your car and uh, got through the um, through the encounter in a timely manner, you keep driving through the jungle, just heading towards the water where Riot, you know where your contacts are gonna be. You finally, after another night's rest comes and this time, not nearly so uh, interesting, <laughs> exciting. You just have a regular night's rest, which is probably welcome after an encounter with some oddly active monsters. All of you sort of realize that there's something strange about what you encountered here. You all know that there are monsters scattered across the Fifth Collide, and especially in like the wild areas of the Phantom Isles where you are now, but none of you were expecting something quite so animated. As you do your final rest, and the next morning finally break through the edge of the jungle and start to um, get back onto the road. I think as you all look back, you see um, that what you passed by by taking the jungle route was there was a toll booth um, that you (laughs) totally avoided. (laughs) So um, you get back to the road, you drive a little bit longer, and finally, finally, you've done it. You made it to your meeting spot. Uh, the state of you notwithstanding. The small, inconspicuous inlet was a little bit tricky to find in the dark, tucked away from the main road as it was. Um, As you disembark from the ladybird to look for signs of your contacts, you can see a spot in the ocean, only meters from the shore, that uh, starts to glow. That seems like our ticket. Should I? I'll just head straight there. I think so. Then I will do so. The ladybird's not, uh, it's not a water vehicle, and this is in in the water a little bit. It wasn't a water vehicle before, but. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. You know, everything could be a water vehicle once. That's exactly the kind of thinking that uh, that I I like, Crater. Nothing but possibilities. Am I to take it that you're just driving it straight into the water then? (laughs) No, that's probably not the best. Well, I figure we need to hide the evidence, right? I mean, people are on our trail, and if it sinks to the bottom, then perhaps they won't know where we went. It sinks fast because there's a lot of holes in it. (laughs) Um, The moss. Um, So as soon as Celestine, you just see where your contacts are, and Riot confirms that those are the contacts. Celestine just rips the wheel <laughs> towards the water and starts barreling the car towards the water. Um, maybe not, maybe to the surprise of the other two in the vehicle, but in any case, water starts to fill up from the bottom. And as you get a little bit into the water, you can feel the water start to like take over the engine of the ladybird and it kind of sputters and you're just kind of like floating there as the water just is slowly filling up. <laughs> bottom of the the car all right friends i i believe it is time to exit the vehicle the light below the water starts to grow and it brightens until finally with a splashy pop a vessel emerges from the water it's a metallic nautilus shell so a nautilus vehicle with a large glass domed cockpit where the head would be um lit from within you can see there is room for five uh the driver and the co-pilot are up front and the three seats on a slightly elevated horizontal row behind it 
It has a circular shape with small wriggling tentacle-like mechanical appendages sprouting from below the cockpit, giving a slightly mustachioed appearance. (laughs) Inside the cockpit, you do see two individuals. The driver, you see a man who, uh, you can't quite tell the height from inside the vehicle, but he's got tan skin, uh, just a lovely, beautiful, perfect smile, gorgeous dimples and gorgeous thick eyebrows, uh, shoulder-length purple hair, and you can see... He's wearing a cropped leather jacket that's always open with a black mesh shirt underneath. His passenger, they look tall. Like you can just tell, even though they're sitting in a car, they look tall. They're pale, freckled, uh, got a long nose, sharp chinned, blonde hair, very, very long down to their waist, very teased out at the end um, with at least a foot of volume on top and on each side. They wear sunglasses on a chain around their neck and a baggy black leather jacket with a skull and crossbones. And as they notice you coming, they press a button on the inside (laughs) and the dome starts to like creep back so that they can uh, shout at you from afar. I like rip the the roof off of the uh, the ladybird, so we have a similar effect of our dome opening up. <laughs> sure. Make a strength check. The fucking nat 20. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where has that been this entire time? That's bullshit. Oh my god. Okay, describe what happens here when you rip that apart. Uh, well, like, seeing their dome fold in on itself, I, like, reach forward to, like, the windshield and I just rip it off at the two rivets of the front and then just throw it back so it like, opens up like a sail. Not bad. <laughs> the one with the one with the hair is like, I have never seen an introduction so powerful. I know. <laughs> What a wonderful surprise. Get in, (laughs) y'all. And now that our travelers have completed the first part of their path, let us trace it backwards. From the inlet where Ladybird slowly sinks, back through the jungle, through the dappled half-lit tangle, whose flora and fauna are suddenly over-brimming with magic, with power. Back even further, and we reach the wide, flat rock marking the site of Daddy's demise. There we find the small fleet of Riscotech vehicles that pursued our party. Some of Harley Highstick's bowtie and vest-clad lackeys struggle to keep the Munch Moss at bay, while several non-sentient guards are engaged in a game of -of tug-of-war with the Daddy Palm Legs, desperately trying to free their vehicle from its grasp. Tuning in remotely from Riscotech, Harley Highstakes' constantly revolving expressions are visible on the vehicle's windshield itself as she hollers impotently at her staff. Oh, wonderful. No, no, by all means, allow them to drag me off into the jungle. I can't believe this has happened. Would anyone care to explain to me how this has happened? And nobody's giving me satisfactory response about my pentadrone either. And what is going on with this jungle? Now, good footnote, for goodness sake, just heave. Pour me out. It's not that difficult. It's one daddy palm leg. Oh, you fool. You absolute fool. Oh, my goodness. Let's continue backwards, out of the jungle now, and back onto the long stretch of highway, where we are accompanied by a lone Riscotech bombardier that is following the same trajectory we are, back to Troponeo Vega. If we catch a glimpse through the windshield, the unlikely driver and sole passenger is Uncle Edict, his head swiveling to and fro, scanning the water and jungle for signs of our travelers. If we catch a phrase or two as we pass him by, we may hear his dejected utterance of, Well, that's a jolly good golly. No sign of them. No sign of them anywhere. Those sweet, vulnerable souls. Arcana guide them. 
And perhaps you also somehow hear his low aside of, Oh, I hope I can get my head on straight in time for breaking scoop. We continue backwards, outpacing Edict, skimming past the toll booth, through the city, to Riscotech, then climbing many, many stories until we reach a shattered window through which Harley glares. She finishes watching via hologram as what remains of her fleet retreats in shambles from the jungle. The chase is off. She's failed. I am both angry and disappointed, and when you all get back we are going to have a five-hour team meeting until I get some answers that satisfy me. Oh, Harley, what did you Harley, do? Harley, oh. how did this happen? You, 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 you see? <laughs> no, 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 surely you can understand that this is not my fault. And that this could be achieved, let alone achieved with such humiliating success. Harley, you've put Riscotech's reputation in jeopardy, and I'm afraid... The other stakeholders agree. No, not the stakeholders, really. Harley. I... Harley. Oh, no, Miss Mera, no. Harley. No, 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 I, 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 I... Harley. No, I have no idea what happened. No, nothing like this is the... Surely you understand, nothing like this has ever happened before. And, and well, Harley. I mean, I, I, I will be performing a full interrogation of my staff when they return. Harley. You're fired.